Rumor has it that Bernie will run again. A recent poll shows him beating Trump by 10 points. And another poll among Democrats shows that he comes in second to Joe Biden. In 2016, he ran mostly on domestic issues. This time around, he's going to say more about foreign policy. For a report, we turn to David Kleon. He writes for the New York Times, The Guardian, and The Nation. We reached him today in Brooklyn. David, welcome back. Uh, Thanks for having me again. Well, recently, in December, Bernie co-sponsored the Senate resolution to cut off all U.S. support for Saudi Arabia's military campaign in Yemen. It passed with the votes of 56 senators. For that and other foreign policy issues, Bernie is relying on the advice of a guy I had never heard of until I saw your cover story in the new issue of The Nation. His name is Matt Duss. Who is Matt Duss? Where does he come from? Well, it's actually a pretty complicated answer to that question. Short, Matt Duss is Bernie's foreign policy advisor. He's only been working for Bernie for about two years now. Before that, his longest gig, I guess, was the national security editor for Think Progress, which is the uh, blog affiliated with the Center for American Progress, or CAP. He did that from 2008 to 2014. I learned from your piece that Matt Duss's background includes the fact that he studied Arabic and written about Shiite political leaders in Iraq. How did he get interested in the Muslim world? When he was in high school, he had a friend Uh, He played in a band with who was Iraqi-American. At the time of the first Gulf War, Matt's friend had had family in both the Iraqi and U.S. militaries and was, and his whole family, which which Duss was close with, was very, um, you know, understandably freaked out when we went to war with Saddam Hussein the first time. It really didn't happen until, I guess he was about 28, when he went to a friend's wedding in Istanbul. Dusk gave a very almost lyrical description of first hearing the morning call to prayer. He was in Istanbul kind of ricocheting out across the the urban landscape, and he said it just had a transformative effect on him. Now, Dusk is of an evangelical Christian background, so it really was this kind of firsthand exposure, but it kind of lit a fire under him. And and then that was one year before 9-11. So after the 9-11 attacks, I think he he realized this wasn't just something he'd gotten really passionate about and started reading a lot about, but something he might devote his life to, understanding the Muslim world better and trying to mitigate misunderstandings between the U.S. and the Muslim world. You know, one one interesting thing about Duss is, is, and that differentiates him from a lot of people in Washington, is that uh, he didn't graduate college until he was 31. And that was largely in, in reaction, I think, to this series of events. That, that was when he finally realized what he wanted to study and what he wanted to do with his life. And another part of Matt Duss's background, uh, not so long ago, he was accused by pro-Israel people of anti-Semitism. Big topic in the news this week. What's the story there, and what does he say about it? He denies that. I have... Having talked to Duss a lot and having followed his writings for years, I certainly do not believe he is an anti-Semite. He finds it hurtful. But, you know, if you look at the attacks on him, they've, they've come from the same group of people who kind of have a history of bad faith attacks, calling progressives and critics of Israel anti-Semites or implying it. You know, these are 
figures affiliated with APAC or the Neoconservative Foundation for Defense of Democracies or the Washington Free Beacon, which is basically an oppo rag in D.C. run by neocons. And every time, all they're really working off of is that Matt and his father and brother, all of whom have done international Christian relief work, including in the West Bank, all they're really going off of is that the Dutches uh, have been very critical of the occupation, which uh, I certainly don't think makes someone an anti-Semite. And how did he get to work for Bernie? I, I don't know exactly who reached out. We didn't discuss that. Um, but I know when it happened, which is... Uh, Right, basically right after the 2016 election. Um, and I, I don't think it would have happened had the 2016 election gone the way everyone expected that it would. When Bernie ran in 2016 against Hillary Clinton, you know, it was a protest campaign focused on domestic issues. Bernie had some track record on foreign policy. He was, there was a debate where he spoke up for the Palestinians. He criticized Henry Kissinger. You know, he had some connection to the Sandinistas, I think, back when he was mayor of Burlington. But foreign policy was never his big thing, and he wasn't running to lay out a vision on that. Uh, and a lot of people, uh, a lot of foreign policy experts, a lot of progressive activists were not thrilled with the Clinton-Sanders choice when it came to foreign policy, because she was seen by a lot of people, including me, as, as very hawkish. And Sanders was seen as uh, just not very interested in the subject. I should say that Duff denies that Sanders is not interested in foreign policy and denies that. And, and he was quite um, insistent about this throughout the time I talked to him, that he, he didn't just give Bernie a brain transplant or whatever, like Bernie has always cared about this. But I do think it's fair to say that um, they hired Duff, I think, to make Bernie more of a player on foreign policy in the Senate and also possibly in preparation for another presidential run. And to that end, Bernie has at least one really huge accomplishment, which Dutz is widely seen as being the driver behind, which is uh, this, this movement to end our support for the Saudi war in Yemen. Beyond the Saudi war in Yemen, what other foreign policy issues is Bernie raising now? What's likely to be at the top of his list if he runs again this year? In, in speeches that he gave, and that Matt Duff definitely had a role in drafting in late 2017 and then again in late 2018, Bernie laid out a real vision for, for what foreign policy should be across a range of, of areas, which is not only something he didn't really do in uh, 2016, but it's also something that you could argue no major Democrat has done in a very long time. That the, the vision that he, he laid out is centered around oligarchy and kleptocracy, and they're linked to authoritarianism. And he uses this to kind of draw kind of a through line from everyone from Donald Trump to Bolsonaro in uh, Brazil to uh, Putin in Russia, obviously, uh, to the Gulf monarchies and, and more. And you know, his rhetoric of, of the 1% and inequality and corporate elites and corruption, which he's used so effectively in the U.S., uh, he's basically globalizing that, that approach. But also Bernie has talked about starting a, a progressive international movement to kind of counter the right-wing populist movements that we see people like Steve Bannon trying to build across borders. And the, the major other person who's been talking about this actually 
uh, including with Bernie, is Yanis Varoufakis, the former finance minister of Greece. Both of them are basically trying to forge an alternative because it, it feels like we've, you know, you had the era of communism versus the free world or whatever uh, that ended. And then you had this period of neoliberal hegemony. And now you're seeing neoliberal hegemony get challenged by the populist nationalist right. But what we haven't really seen, and we're just starting to see the beginnings of, is a like an organized, coherent, progressive international alternative to neoliberalism. And Bernie is the first person to even attempt to articulate that in, in, in the Democratic Party. And I should say also, Duff, uh, one of his earliest um, forays into political act- activity was when he was living in Seattle uh, in the late 90s, and he got involved in anti-globalization activism. So notwithstanding his heavy focus on the Middle East, he does have some some roots on this issue. Last question. Assuming Bernie runs, what do you think he might say about Israel and the Palestinians and the occupation and APAC? Well, Bernie has already said a lot about these issues. And actually, the spectrum of debate has been shifting leftward. Uh, and then there's been a furious reaction to it, as we've seen in the last few days with Ilan Omar. Bernie, though, I think as a result, is not the leftmost wing of, I I guess, uh, the Israel-Palestine discourse right now in the mainstream. And that's actually given him room, I think, to seem a little more mainstream, even though he is the left of the status quo. So what I mean by that is neither Bernie nor Matt Duss has endorsed uh, the BDS movement, which is an increasingly... uh, widespread campaign among progressive grassroots activists and a lot of people in DSA and so on, and a lot of Bernie's core supporters. I believe that the two members of the U.S. Congress who do support BDS, the only two, are the two Muslim women who were just sworn in last month, Ilan Omar and Rashida Tlaib, both of whom are, are Democrats, and both of whom, especially Omar, have come in for ferocious criticism from the Israel lobby and most of Congress, including, in Omar's case, the Democratic House leadership. Bernie has not gone as far as them. He is the leader, or he is a leader in the minority of Democrats in Congress who uh, who, who have uh, said that BDS should be legal and should not be uh, banned, and there shouldn't be restrictions like not giving federal contracts to uh people and organizations who participated in BDS. Uh, and he and, and other Democrats running for president have made that case on, on First Amendment grounds, which I personally think are totally unassailable. Like, uh, I don't see how anyone could could uh, support a, law, a bill like that, and as, as, for instance, Chuck Schumer does, and uh, claim to be you know, a baseline liberal. It, it, it beggars belief. But, um, you know, Bernie has been outspoken on, on behalf of the rights and dignity of the Palestinians, which is something that many leading Democrats have not been. He um, clearly associates with people who've been very critical of Israel. I don't think he will flinch from criticizing the Netanyahu government, the occupation, the neocons, or uh, the, the various establishment forces. Uh, that have allied with Israel. But, um, you know, I would be very surprised if if while running for president, he, he decides to embrace BDS. But who knows? On Monday, uh, I saw I saw Duss um, on Twitter, I think, walking a very fine line. He was sticking up for Omar and he was sort of 
tepidly saying that people in Omar's position, you know, need to be careful about what language they use so that they don't inadvertently invoke, you know, what sound like anti-Semitic tropes. But but ultimately, I think he was on her side in defending her, which is more than you can say of a lot of leading Democrats. And uh, of course, Duff and Bernie Sanders are not precisely the same person. But uh, my my understanding is that their their thinking on these issues is very similar. David Cleon, his article "Who Is Matt Duss?" is on the cover of the new issue of the Nation. You can read it at thenation.com. Thank you, David. Great to have you on the show. You're welcome. You've been listening to Start Making Sense, the weekly podcast of The Nation magazine. You can hear more interviews like this one at thenation.com, and you can subscribe to Start Making Sense at iTunes Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm John Wiener. Thanks for listening. 